This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Monday morning, hour two. I'm back. I am back after a short little vacation. I may have to go down to Florida Thursday and Friday this week. I would do the show from there. There's an opportunity. I have to wait and see. I'll find out later on today. But regardless, I'm back in the studios here in New York today. And I did miss uh, the audience a lot. The audience was so nice to me. Once again, Instagram, follow me today at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, Facebook, Sid Rosenberg, just beautiful messages, really nice over the top. But um, I did miss uh, you, Lewis, and uh, Justin, he's not here today. Matt's doing a good job in his stead, Noam. And I miss Curtis, you know, and Joe Nolan, too, because we're really a, a six-man team, if you think about it. It's me, Lou, Justin, Noam, Joe Nolan, and Curtis, Curtis is on this show every day, and I know Curtis was there with John and Andrew. Again, they did a terrific job on Thursday and Friday, but Curtis uh, means a lot to me on this show, and he means a lot to me because he cares. I know some of his shtick wears on you guys, and you get angry with him, and sometimes he gets a bit rough. If you get in his crosshairs, he gets a bit rough. That's because he cares. That's because he cares. I, I can't identify a politician in this city, and I mean this, who cares more about this city and this state, and mind you, knows more about this city and this state than Curtis. I'm sorry. Hanging out at Casa Cipriani, hanging out at Club Bond Zero, hanging out at Double Z, that doesn't make you a leader of this city. Taking the train down to Livonia Street on a Tuesday night at midnight, that makes you a leader in this city. And that's what Curtis Lewa does. You can make fun of his berets and his jackets and all that nonsense all you want. But you wimps, you pussies, you're at home and this guy's on the subway battling dangerous people and crime almost every day. That's why he's on this show every day and he's also great. So I did uh, miss you when I was away, but... I heard you did uh, okay in uh, no, no, was, uh, just we okay. couldn't touch his stuff. <laughs> we couldn't. <laughs> it took three of us, and we still couldn't touch his stuff. But you said making fun of my beret, right? Yeah. Well, that's what people do. You're looking at the guy who just had a lobotomy, right? <laughs> no, lady. Look at the Instagram feed from WABC while you were away. 
He took my beret he did an Instagram with my freaking beret on. Oh, that's funny. Making fun of me. I wish I saw that. Well, he has a nasty, uh, he had some type of, thank God it wasn't cancer. He had a lobotomy, let's be honest. <laughs> he had a But I, I do get that quite a bit. I get this all the time. I go, is Curtis going to take it seriously? I'm like, just stop. First of all, last time you ran, and I watched all your debates, which you won handily. Yes. You wore a nice suit. You wore a nice tie. Yes. You wore the beret. Who cares? Are you, are you going to not vote for a, a, a uh, uh, let's say, an Orthodox Jew if he runs for something because he wears a hat? Good, good point. A kippah. There you go. Think of this as the world's biggest kippah. The world's biggest one. That's right. That's what I tell my sons. They say, Dad, are you ever going to wear a yarmulke? <laughs> I said, I wear a yarmulke every day. It's every called day. the kippah, my beret. Day. And no. by the way, in Israel. You walk around with a red beret. Immediately they said to me every time I was there, are you one of our paratroopers? Yes, yes. The most vaunted of the many who are serving there in the IDF. You walk around with a red beret, and they say, can we take you somewhere? Yeah. Can we buy you a meal? <laughs> can we carry you on a no, ladder? You look like one of their, uh, yeah, one of their go-to guys. So one of the, the only thing that I actually looked at when I was away those four days, yes. when it came to news in New York, was Santos. Because, admittedly, I spoke at a very short conversation via text with George Santos on Friday, okay? And uh, he didn't tell me that he was about to drop bombs. I mean, he did to the rest of the Republicans what Israel is doing to Hamas overnight in Gaza. Nick Lolita, Nicole Maliotakis, Mike Lawler even said Lolita has told people privately He's voting for Biden, not Donald Trump. He was dropping bombs all over X. Did you see all that? Yes, I did. And I was with all those people you mentioned yesterday at the Empire <laughs> Steakhouse. By the way, I love the New York State GOP. I'm standing there, red sateen jacket, red beret. They bring in the Speaker of the House. I'm sitting right next to him. Oh, Johnson was there. Yeah, in yeah. fact, at the Esposito invited me for dinner, me, him, and Johnson, but I was away. Right, so I'm sitting right there. He comes up to me. Oh, I've, oh, I've always marveled that you worked with the Guardian Angels. Awesome. You know the New York State GOP recognized everybody in the room, including the waiters, the waitresses, the maintenance guy. <laughs> I'm doing jumping jacks. Here I am, the guy who ran for mayor. Nothing. Nothing. You know, I'm curious, because I know Nick Langworthy at one point had that position that he stabbed us in the back. I know he beat Paladino, but to me, I think Nick really, really tested his loyalty to the party when he decided to just kind of bow out of that. Who's in charge now? That's uh, Mr. Cox. Oh. Apparently, he didn't see me in the room. We need a, a, an eye test. Maybe we should have him go to the Department of Motor Vehicles and check the eye test. But he's not the only one. They oh, wait that. a second, but haven't you sat? I remember a couple of times over the summer where you were meeting me at rallies, which you put together, great yes, rallies yes. in Brooklyn, and you were late because you sat in studio at 5 p.m. with John Katsimatidis. That is correct. And the aforementioned Ed Cox was sitting right next to That's you. That's right, and he shakes my hand. Oh, you're doing a great <laughs> job. But you know, you know what they take umbrage to is when I do these rallies, and we draw hundreds and thousands, as you know, Sid, you've co-hosted these rallies. I don't let the politicians speak. They said, but I'm a Republican. I said, I don't care. I don't want you to chase the audience away. You guys are rally killers. Well, in all fairness to you, because you're right, uh, your your creed is no politicians because they really want to hear from you. Forget about me. You're the star. But, But just to make some of those guys somewhat happy, in all those rallies we did, Tom Sullivan... Republican oh, out of Queens spoke. Oh, the, in wartime and in peacetime, the Sullivan brothers, they're always there. 
Paul King, yes. who ran against Gregory Meeks, yes. my good friend in uh, Bell Harbor, he spoke. He's always there. So you did have people speak, yes. not a lot, not for a, lo- a long period of time, but you were kind enough to allow people like Sullivan and King See, to speak. You know us in talk radio. We don't let anybody speak. <laughs> we, we hog the microphone. <laughs> you know, we're pigs. We're hot to ride. But anyway, I want to mention to you that after uh, the Empire Steakhouse, there was a group of young Republicans there who had worked with George Santos. Uh, and they're sitting with Andrew Giuliani, and they invite me over. I'm grandpa to them because, you know, they're all millennials. They're Generation Z. They all knew George Santos. They told me stories that nobody knows. I'm, I'm going to give you a few of these tidbits. Are they bad stories? Oh, my God. It shows you how. Move over Leonardo DiCaprio and Spielberg with the movie they made about the biggest grifter and biggest fake in the world. Remember the guy who pretended to be an airline pilot yes, and a yes. doctor and a lawyer and a prosecutor? That was a great movie. Move up. Martin Sheen was in that crazy man, Christopher Walken. Yes, he did kill Natalie Wood. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Anyway, it was a great movie. Right? This one is HBO already has the rights. And I have to do a Zoom call with them on Tuesday because they want to know more about George Santos. Not everything that's been in the papers. And I'm going to do you a solid. I'm going to say you must have Sid Rosenberg in the movie because he's the one who elicited from George Santos that George was an NCAA champion volleyball <laughs> player who had knee surgery on both knees while he was spiking the ball at the net at the very school that our own Sid Rosenberg went to Baruch. Do I have permission? Uh, you absolutely because do. Good Morning America cut you out of that, remember? They cut me out. Not just Good Morning America, so did the Today Show, but ended up getting almost 6 million tweets. Yes. 6 million. Far and away, my, busy, my biggest success was the George Santos lie that he, he told me right here. felt comfortable with you. Yes. And because he felt you were fellow Baruch alumni <laughs> with J-Lo. That's right, Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> it would have been the three of you. So so anyway, yesterday, I'm listening to these young Republicans, and I'm going to tell them on the Zoom conference. The one fundraiser, I won't name them, uh, she says, all of a sudden, we have a bunch of donors on the line, and they're asking some really pretty rough questions of George Santos. And he goes, oh, my God. He's looking at his phone. He goes, oh, my brain cancer has returned. Oh, my God. No, he, he, stop yes, it. Yes, stop he, it. He breaks down. He has an emotional breakdown. And she says, these are some of the hardest core Republican donors where if you were on fire in the middle of the street, they wouldn't urinate on you to put out the flames. And they're all like, oh, my God, George. And they start writing checks like there's oh. no tomorrow. He goes, this is the second time it's come back. Oh, God. What a grift. <laughs> then some of these young Republicans said to me, yeah, we first met George. He was telling us he was a Roman Catholic from Brazil. Roman Catholic. Actually. He was doing the sign of the cross the right way. Then all of a sudden he does this pivot and shift. And every time we hear him speak, he's saying he's Jewish. And then we, we corner him and say, wait, wait, come on, George, you told us you were Catholic. You know, that's very important because when we go fundraising, we try to target the group. He said, and then the pivot and shift with this, well, my grandparents, they escaped the Holocaust. <laughs> they, they moved to Brazil yeah. and they converted to the Roman Catholic faith. So that makes me, what was that term he used? Jewish or something <laughs> like that. And they all bought it, lock, stock, and barrel. Yeah. And then some of the donors were saying, wait a second, where did you get all your money from? Because remember, he was throwing around money like he owned the world. He said, I'm buying a $5 million mansion on the ocean. 
And they're like, oh. And he sends them videos as if it was Bob Villa and the American Home Improvement Group that was redoing the kitchen. It was people, other people's videos. And he keeps updating them. Oh, God, I can't wait to have a party and invite you over. Look at the ocean. Look at, look at the deck. Look at that. And they go, wow, this guy's got money. Meantime, he had no money. So his staff, you know, they'd say, George, why don't you Uber me home? You know, it's late at night. You got another fundraising meeting. No. I'm going to make sure that you get home. And the reason the young Republicans told me is he had no money no to money. Uber. So yeah. he drove them home. Oh, my God. And the only people he would pay on time were the fundraisers. Right, of course. Because he, And the fundraisers were always used to getting it like three months later. Yeah, yeah, the check is in the mail. That he, Oh, George was great. He would pay us right on time. And then a donor called up who got scammed, right? And he wants his money back. And George goes, okay, I'll go public with it. And he goes, no, no, I don't want people to think I'm a schmuck, I'm stupid, I'm intellectually stupid. That's a good word for uh, Michael Goodwin. He's intellectually <laughs> stupid. That's what my father used to say, a high school dropout who was a merchant seaman for 54 years. He'd say, Curtis, you see these men, uh, they consider themselves, you know, uh, intellectually elite. They're intellectually stupid, right? So IS, intellectually I like stupid. That. I like that. So this guy got over on everybody. I need your permission. Tomorrow when I'm on the Zoom conference call with HBO as they try to get more details. It's going to be a huge series. A huge series. I'm going to say the only one that he has ever let his hair down to. I don't know if it was in the shower. I don't know if it was in the bedroom. But I know it was on the radio. Sid Rosenberg got him to say he was an NCAA champion volleyball player who used to spike at the net. And as a result, had to have two knee surgeries. Not one, but two. You remember that? It's all true. He actually uh, came back afterwards and said, well, I was on the team. That's why the last time he was on with me. But he did feel very comfortable. He wasn't even in the school. I know. But here's what's great about all of that. It's all very, very entertaining. Great job out of you, as always, Curtis. With all that said, you ready for this? Yes. I'm going to knock your socks off. Getting rid of him was a huge mistake. Oh, oh wait. Huge mistake. Wait, wait, wait. Huge mistake. Oh, wait. The, the dramatic moment yesterday with all these New York State GOP. This woman gets up right next to John Katsimatidis. She goes, I and John feel the same way about this. Why now? Are you gonna are you gonna raise are all you Congress people gonna give your money Thank you. to whoever becomes the Republican candidate against Tom Swiney? Look, I will admit, get this. George Santos raped me. But now you've aborted the process in the House of Representatives by eliminating one Republican that we desperately need. Thank you. That's and, my point. And Who, by the way, not just a Republican, he voted with America. Yes. And he voted with Israel every single time. So you know what? He did what just about every politician does. Sorry, Andy Desposito. He's about to join me in about 15 by the way, minutes. By the way, that's going to that's gonna be part of the HBO <laughs> series. This woman... Uh, I mean, it was dramatic. He that is funny. He but raped me, and fine. then you performed an abortion yes, on him. With, with, like, with like three hanger abortion, uh, we need him. And I still think it was a major mistake. I mean, I look at people like uh, Rashida Talib. I look at people like Omar. I look at people. These are really dangerous, sick people. Those people need to go before George Santos. He took a couple of bucks. Big epping deal. He voted as a Republican, as an American, as a Jew. And now we do lose that seat to Tom Swazi. 
What a huge mistake this now, turns now, out to now, be. Now, do you give me permission to take what you just said and yeah. use that tomorrow? Because yes. you won't just be in one. You'll probably be in a number <laughs> of the episodes of this series. Sid, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this right now. Yes. I always introduce Peter King by saying this. In my lifetime, if God is good to me, I'll be 57 in April. The two best politicians here in New York by a mile, number one, Woody Giuliani, number two, Peter King. You can add this to tomorrow. Number three, George Santos. Oh, I, I, hey, please, wrong way, Lou Rafino. Give me both those cuts. I got big meeting with the HBO guys doing research. You will, uh, you will be side by side. And by the way, this is beneficial because once you go to Hollywood and they take your handprints in the in the Walk of Fame there on Hollywood Boulevard, then I get to do more of the morning show. You see, Sid, this is mutually beneficial. Yes, this is great. Oh, my God. And I, I would even recommend on my way out to give the morning show to Curtis oh, Lee. How about that? Oh, oh my God. Oh, this yes. is better than a wet dream. <laughs> this is better than sex. Oh, my God. I don't need Viagra, Cialis, Levitra. Oh, oh God. God. That's funny. But no, one no. more thing I want yeah, to get yeah. to with you is on a serious note. That was great stuff. Great stuff. On a serious note, I was away for four days. And, again, I didn't see any of the nasty stuff that I see in this city every day. And like I said earlier, if you're hanging out at Casa Cipriani, which I loved a couple nights ago, Kantowitz, Carone, Kemper, uh, Big Mark, Idala, it was a beautiful time. If you're hanging out places like that every night, don't get me wrong, New York City is pretty posh. But if you're like every other New Yorker, the 99% living in this city, it's a dump not eating at the best restaurants on the Upper East Side or going to Club ZZ. It is a dump. And when you go someplace else, Curtis, as you've done, just like me, it becomes even more evident. Is that not true? Absolutely. i tell you how I spent my time, not with the jet setters, the trendoids, the freakazoids, uh... Well, I spent time with the New York State GOP. They once again did not recognize me in the room. Hey, here I am, guys. The guy who ran for mayor. Who's that guy there with the red beret and the red sateen jacket? Meantime, the Speaker of the House, Johnson. Oh, I love your work, Curtis. You're, you're amazing. I've been following your career. This is where I spent my time, Sid. And we got to really focus on this. The firefighters need us, right? Out there where you live. Bell Harbor, the Ponce, Rockaway Beach, Breezy Point, the Canarsie Kid. Remember when you went to the wake and the funeral? I was there, right? My God, they're removing the fifth firefighter from 20 engine companies in New York City, cutting the staffing by 20%. I saw that. Yeah, but have they blown that news up? No, not at all. You realize that jeopardizes all of us, especially in the winter when fires are frequent. You know how these houses are wired. You know what it's like out in far Not just the there. houses, but then they bring in, and, and uh, Daniel Nigel always talk about this to me all the time, they bring in these heaters. And these heaters are dangerous as hell. They're and not those, those, by batteries, those batteries for their, right. their e-bikes and their motorized bikes. They're removing the fifth firefighter from 20 engine companies in New York City, cutting the staffing of the FDNY by 20%. I've been with the firefighters going from engine company to engine company in honor of my great friend, one of the original guardian angels who saved my life, Eddie Brown, who just retired as the treasurer of the UFA. Toughest white guy in America. This guy pulls a gun out on me, a canal in Bourbon Street, a revolver. He puts it to my head. I didn't see it as I was talking to a crowd. And Eddie Brown comes out of nowhere in his guardian angel gear. He throws an axe kick. He knocks the guy out. They drag him away, the New Orleans cops. That night, we're walking around recruiting guardian angels. And then he goes, 
Curtis, look who's back. It's the guy, the psycho guy who tried to kill me. He's got one of those medical uh, tabs around his wrist, just like here in New York City with all the emotionally disturbed. He walks right by us like he never saw me in his life. I would not be here today if Eddie Brown didn't throw that axe kick and take that emotionally disturbed guy out. In honor of all the firefighters, we can't say, oh, you guys, you're the bravest. No, 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 no. We got to fight to get that fifth firefighter from the 20 engine companies in New York City back working in the house because they save our lives and they put their own lives on the line every day. That's why you're not going to see me at Cipriani's Club Zero Bond Concifrito. You're going to see me in the engine companies with the men and women who dare to care as United Firefighters of the World. The brave ones, remember 9-11. Don't forget them. Never again, right? And yet they're cutting their staffing. And everybody is, whoa. Oh, things are so much better in New York City. They suck in New York City. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. GoboLaw, where winning is no accident. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? 77 WABC. Lurafino just kicking major ass today. Lose here. Matt Meany's doing a really good job here for uh, Justin Ellick, who's getting oral right now somewhere in Philadelphia. And um, Noam Layden. But he doesn't know it, actually. He's he doesn't even know. He's, but he's, he's, got a, he's in a horrible mood today. They lost by 23. Two major football stories that we've talked about at length this morning. And that the news, I mean the news, MSNBC and CNN, won't leave alone on a national front. The Florida State Seminoles went undefeated in college football this year, 13-0, and playing ACC football. They are not in the playoffs. Left them out first time ever. Instead, Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama, who had a huge win over Georgia in Saturday's SEC championship, will play playoff football, all for the right to play for all the money January 8th. So they left the undefeated Florida State Seminoles out. And locally, congratulations to a school where Bernie McGurk went. Bernard and Martin Scorsese, a host of others, Cardinal Hayes, and their head coach, C.J. O'Neill, currently on New York 1. They won the city championship. So before I get to Anthony D'Esposito coming in to uh, to uh, do Rosanna Scott, or show, he'll do me first. I talked all morning uh, long, too, about this. Uh, I guess her name is Pramila Jayapal. And she's a rep out in the state of Washington, and she's a low-life piece of garbage in the same exact spirit 
as Omar, as Talib, as AOC. She's a huge anti-Semite, huge anti-Semite, pro-Hamas, pro-murder, out in the state of Washington. And when Dana Bash, Dana Bash at CNN gets an MVP vote from me, you know the world has completely turned upside down. But Bash sat with this animal, this Jayapal, and asked her how she's okay with Hamas people raping women. Raping women. And here was the response. Lewis, cut number 25. I want to ask you about sexual violence. And it's kind of remarkable that this issue hasn't gotten enough attention globally. Widespread use of rape, uh, brutal rape, sexual violence against Israeli women by Hamas. I've seen a lot of progressive women, generally speaking, they're quick to defend women's rights and speak out against using rape as a, as a weapon of war. But downright silent on what we saw on October 7th and what might be happening inside Gaza right now to these hostages. Why is that? I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that that's true. I think we, we always talk about the impact of war on women in particular. In fact, I remember 20 years ago I did a petition around the war in Iraq. Have you said, saying have that, you talked about it since oh, October absolutely. 7th? And I've condemned what Hamas has done. I've condemned Specifically all of women. the actions. Absolutely. The, the rape, the, of course. But I think we have to remember that Israel is a democracy. That is why they are a strong ally of ours. With respect, I was just asking about the, the women, and you turned it back to Israel. I'm asking you about Hamas, in fact. I already answered your question, Dana. I, I said it's horrific, and okay. I think that rape is horrific, sexual assault is horrific. I think that it happens in war situations. Oh, it happens in war. Terrorist yeah. organizations like yeah. Hamas obviously are using these as tools. Mm -hmm. However, tools. I think we have to be balanced about bringing in the outrages Balance. against Palestinians. Yeah. 15,000 Palestinians have been killed in Israeli airstrikes, three-quarters of whom and it's, are yes. women and children. And it's horrible, but you don't see Israeli soldiers raping um, Well, no. Dana, I think women. we're not... Hello? Exactly right, Dana. Exactly. We don't see Israeli soldiers going into Palestinian villages and raping the girls and Killing the babies. If 15,000 are dead, and I don't care. If that sounds insensitive, you want to get mad at me, I don't care. I really don't. But if 15,000 are dead, that's because they started it. And, and by the way, that number, and no, I get angry all the time. Not your fault, but you do the same thing. All you guys give us these numbers out of the Hamas camp. Those are Hamas numbers. You can't believe that. Is that not true? Well, whenever I do give those numbers, I always say the Hamas-led health ministry. So those are the only numbers we have. We don't have numbers from anywhere well, they else. they can say anything they want. They can say 30,000 They could. Dead. What we know for sure is thousands are dead. Oh, that well, we know. Yeah, that's war. Sorry. Don't go into our village on a Saturday morning on a holiday when our daughters are sleeping and our parents are sleeping and our babies are sleeping and rape and murder everybody. I don't care how many die now. I don't care. I really don't. Is sit in friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. And on the news guy, folks, 
I'm a kid from Brooklyn, and I um, I can talk. There's no doubt about it. But I'm no news guy. But I remember Monday, October 9th, was the first day I was on the air. After the attacks, that Saturday, October 7th. And I talked a lot about rape and the young girls. I remember when the video came out about Mia Shem. And I said, how many times a day, how many guys are raping this girl? Yeah, I mean, no. If I'm wrong, if I'm saying something I didn't say, you tell me. But how long since October the 7th have I put a huge emphasis on rape and what they're doing to our young girls? Part of the reason why they're never coming home because Hamas does not want these girls telling Israel what's happened to them. How long have I been doing that? Within minutes of that show Monday, yeah. Thank you. Now all of a sudden Jake Tapper and CNN Lawmakers accuse people of not paying attention to the sexual violence. Like, they're all coming to the party now, two months later? I told you what these guys did. I told you. They had people inside bomb shelters, and they walk up with a grenade, and they go inside the bomb shelter, pick out the pretty girl, say, you for rape. And they would take about five or six of them and then throw a live grenade into the bomb shelter and kill everybody else. I told you this two months ago. Two months ago, now people are getting pissed off. It's too late. These girls, if they're alive, are still getting raped by who knows how many guys a day. And a bunch of them are dead already. So welcome to the party, Jake Tapper. Let me talk to my guy, Anthony D'Esposito. Tony D, what's going on, brother? What's up, my man? How are you? How's, uh, how was your day off? It was nice. It was nice. It's, uh, I did miss everybody here. My listeners were so good to me when I was away. I must say that. And I missed all the guys. And uh, look, there's nothing like a turbulent, chaotic, filthy New York City to put you right back to work. You know what I'm saying, pal? <laughs> I know. I spent uh, the last couple of days in New York City. It's uh, filthier than ever. It really is. But uh, before we get to all that, let's get to George Santos. Uh, you know, I, I kind of jokingly, jokingly say that um, you guys should have left him where he was because he does vote with America 100% of the time. He does vote with Israel 100% of the time. And excluding you, Anthony, if we took a real good look into politicians who took money, we'd have very little people serving today. That's my opinion. So, you know, to be be honest, I'm not sure he was the right guy to get rid of, especially if, God forbid, we lose that seat to a putz like Tom Swazi. So I'm kind of, this morning, I'm serious, this morning I'm kind of, I'm somewhere in the middle of this. Did we do the right thing? I, I think we did. And, I, and, and one of the questions that I asked my Republican colleagues is if, if we had the report and the, and the ethics investigation that was conducted on George Santos, if we had that on a Democrat, what would we do? And I think the answer is we would have gotten rid of them. And to be honest with you, we should have never gotten to this place. George should have resigned and taken care of his business and handled what he needed to handle. And, and I, I hope things work out for him in the future. But we should have never been put in this position. The fact is, is that, you know, if, if you really look at this, this is one of the most uh, vile acts of, of election uh disintegrity that we've we've ever seen um you know and the people of the third congressional district you know i border that district and i hear from them every day that they don't feel like they're represented my office my district staff deals uh with people that live in that district and uh you know they don't feel that they're getting the or we're getting the proper representation representation from george and and like i said it wasn't personal i think that uh you know he, he even and said that uh, when he heard from the ethics report he would he would make a decision and i think the ethics report spoke for itself 
Um, he should have resigned. And, and listen, you and me both know the leadership of Joe Cairo. We know uh, the work that we do in Nassau County when it comes to electing good Republican conservatives. Yep. And I'm confident that we'll come up with a with a, a good candidate. And uh, in that special election, we will keep that seat red uh, and we'll have someone who votes for with America, votes with Israel and represents those people the right way. My favorite congressman today, Anthony D'Esposito, on his way to do Rosanna Scotto's show. But of course, Talking to me first. Sorry, Roe, baby. Uh, no. One more. You say it's not personal with George Santos, but he certainly has made it personal. I don't read Twitter very often or X, whatever it is. But I did spend Saturday reading some of his tweets. Nick Lolita went after him. Nicole Maliotakis went after her. Went after Mike Lawler. Just about everybody he's on a mission right now to destroy. I'm not sure if any of the stuff he's saying is true. And, of course, he's already been deemed a liar. So you got to take it with a grain of salt. But certainly George Santos is dropping bombs on everybody in the House. Yes? Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he said that on his way out he was going to be filing some ethics reports. I don't know if those have been filed yet or if uh, if they've just taken to Twitter or X. But, uh you know, listen, we'll see. I, I think that uh, everyone is uh, is entitled to their, uh, you know, to their proper ethics investigation. And, and if he has things that uh, he's concerned about, well, then uh, let the let the uh, committee do its job. Um, but uh, I think right now, you know, George should focus on the things that uh, matter in his life and, and focus on uh, from what he says. You know, he, he will uh, he, he will see the end of this and uh, the people will see that uh, that things weren't uh you know, written about that they should be. So we'll see. But uh, right now, I think that uh, we did what we had to do. I think that uh, it's very hard for us to uh, hold people accountable. You know, we're, we're in the process in the Homeland Security Committee of going through a five phases of an investigation into Secretary Mayorkas. I, I do believe that he should be uh, impeached. He should be removed for dereliction of duty. But it's very hard to, uh, you know, to, to hold others care of our own house and i think that uh this past week was a step in that direction yeah go more into i know tomorrow is uh the day you introduce the bill i think it's your bill anthony once again doing tremendous work and you're right dereliction of duty is uh is to say it nicely with mayorkas and biden and biden but they have done this this border issue in this country has already already been been rough it's been rough there have been crimes and there's going to be more again we we're awaiting that terrorist attack it feels like it's going to happen sooner than later all that is on the table because of what mayorkas and biden have done so what exactly happens tomorrow so tomorrow i'm a, i'm the, the chairman of a subcommittee in homeland security uh called a, a, a emergency management and technology so we are hosting a hearing on capitol hill tomorrow to discuss the impacts of the migrant crisis on public safety throughout the United States of America. Very often when we talk about the migrant crisis, you know, we talk about quality of life issues. We talk about uh, the fact that they, they are out there committing crimes. And, and here in New York City, they're committing crimes, being released, uh, and then committing more crimes because that's what the New York State Democrats uh, wanted when they, you know, introduced cashless bail and criminal justice reform. So tomorrow we have a, a panel. We have, you know, our, our committee will be uh, will be. Uh, meeting on Capitol Hill, and we have the, the president of the FDNY UFA. Obviously, it's been in the news lately that uh, they have uh, cut down Manning. The minimum Manning has has changed numbers because uh, of the cuts that Mayor Adams has have implemented due to the fact that uh, of the outrageous cost of the migrant issue. We have a sheriff from the uh, from Texas uh, from the, su- the southern border 
Uh, County Executive Blakeman will also be testifying on Capitol Hill. And what we're going to be discussing is not just the crimes being committed, not just the quality of life issues, but how this migrant issue has affected public safety, whether it's response to fires and, and, and EMS emergencies, whether it is uh, what's happening in our jails. I mean, you, you visit, I visited some of the jails along the southern border. I mean, they, they are filled to capacity because of these migrants that are coming over our southern border. We talk about our prosecutor's office that can't keep up with some of the cases. We talk about, um, you know, emergency management. Uh, so it, it affects the, the public safety world in so many different ways. And tomorrow we're going to highlight that them so the American people understand that this is real. It's something that we need to deal with. And uh, I think it, it, it furthers uh, the talking points that Mayorkas is uh, is a complete boob, shouldn't be doing the job uh, that he's in. Uh, he should be waking up every single day and making sure that he's protecting this homeland, but he's not. He's failed the American people. He's failed the Constitution. He's failed his oath. We should toss him out to the street. And uh, the fact that Joe Biden has put him in this position, uh, I think, is another X in, uh, in his uh, hot column as well. Well, tell me this, because while you're talking about this big day tomorrow on the Hill in trying to move forward and impeach Mayorkas, I read yesterday that you guys are getting very, very close to that official impeachment inquiry for Joe Biden. Where are we with that? Yeah, so uh, Speaker Johnson had had talked about it this weekend in his visit to Long Island and uh, New York City, that uh, they want to move forward with an impeachment inquiry, which I believe is the next step uh, in in getting to the place where the entire uh, House of Representatives can can read and understand the information that the committees of jurisdiction uh, have been involved in. The, the, the Ways and Means Committee, the Oversight Committee, the Judiciary Committee have all been conducting their own investigations to different parts of the Biden crime family. And I think this next step uh, going to a uh, impeachment inquiry, which, you know, I, I know that me and you understand it, but, you know, a lot of the mainstream media, especially, especially those on the left, uh, want to say that, you know, MAGA Republicans are voting for uh, impeachment. That is not the case. If if this does make it to the floor, it will be the next step, which is an inqu- inquiry, which allows the rest of the members of the House of Representatives to get a good understanding of exactly what these committees of jurisdiction and the work that they've been doing uh, since January. You have any names on the way out here, Anthony? Another amazing appearance. Uh, Rosanna, lucky to have you in a couple of minutes here on Channel 5. Any names you want to throw out there as possible, possible potential replacements? George Santos? Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, I've been in, in constant contact with Chairman Cairo. I'm going to see him a little bit later today. I know that he's been conducting interviews uh, Friday and, and now uh, today. Uh, and I am confident that, uh, you know, you and me both know Chairman Cairo. We know the successes that he's had in Nassau County. I mean, literally from the city line uh, and Chairman Garcia in, uh, in Suffolk, from the city line all the way to the east end. Uh, Long Island is a bright shade of red, and I am confident that, you know, what, what we saw in, in uh, on Election Day, we took over the city of Long Beach. We have the majority and the supervisor in North Hempstead for the first time since 1989, uh, majority in the county legislature, our great county executive, our DA. Uh, we will win that seat. We'll find a great candidate. We'll find a good conservative Republican who's willing to vote with America, vote with Israel, and represent the people of the 3rd Congressional District the way that they should be represented. And if I get free Botox, I would consider running for this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anthony D., you're the best, man. Willie, I do love you. You're doing a tremendous, tremendous job. Good luck uh, with Rosanna this morning. Give her my best. We'll talk again well, very soon. And good luck tomorrow. That's a big deal. Good luck on the Hill tomorrow. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Be good, Sid. You're the man. Anthony D. Esposito. Peter King was right about him.
You know, he told me, he goes, you're going to love this guy, Anthony. He goes, you're going to love him. And he right. Son of a bitch, Peter King is right again. All those horrible things Lou Rufino says about him, and the guy's right almost every time. Now what, Lewis? Guaranteed the first thing he'll say to me now on the phone, so is what? I appreciate it. <laughs> so what, is, what, what, what was uh, Sid actually talking about? You know, yeah. uh, what are you saying about it that I haven't heard before? Oh, God, that's a, that's a great two hours right there. Curtis Sliwa, Anthony D'Esposito. Man, we got some great guests still to come your way live from an IDF barbecue just outside Jerusalem. I swear to God, don't forget, there's seven hours ahead in Israel right now. We're going to talk to Judah Honickman and Dove Hyken, Lyra Trump, Michelle Lubin, Dr. Mark Siegel, and more. Second half of Sid and Friends on this Monday morning about to come your way.